And welcome back to another episode of the Total Sports Live podcast. This is Joe Von Yerner, who I'm joined by my guy Harrison Brown. And we're going to talk about not football this week. Usually on the podcast, we talk about some football. We even talk about some basketball here and there. You know, we mix in some Sixers talk, even though we haven't done that. I feel like we haven't done that in a while on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's probably been like, what, a year and some change? Least, we probably talked right. about hardcore basketball. We might have to get back to that when the playoffs are actually. So let me put I gotta put that down on my list. Six talk right. about Sixers coming up with the playoffs. Actually, we might have to do that. So definitely gonna mix in some Sixers talk. However, when we talk about a different Philadelphia team, and then we're not talking about the Eagles, we did that already. We're not talking about the Flyers because they don't exist in this a little bit. Can't talk about the Union because we're really not that knowledgeable on the uh on on the game of soccer. We'll be talking about the stars, we will be talking about them a lot this year. But we're talking about the defendant NL champion, Philadelphia Phillies, who will be opening up the regular season. Yes, folks, when you have a good baseball team that plays until uh, the first week of November, the offseason <laughs> seems really short. So by the time you knew it, the calendar switched to 2023, and you say, oh, it's almost time for pitchers and catchers. And it also helps when you have a football team that's also making a deep playoff run, who plays in the Super Bowl. So it's in February, so it's in it's already time for like pitchers and catchers to report. And you're already here to a new season, so that's what we're going to talk about on today's uh, on, on today's podcast. We're going to be breaking down uh, the Phillies, looking at the 2023 season preview as they will be opening up the regular season on Thursday. Yes, folks, on Thursday in Texas against those Rangers. Jacob DeGrom will get the start. Former Met now in uh, Texas. Nola versus DeGrom on opening day, which should be a fun uh match it should be a fun series overall because i think the rangers also have uh nathan ovaldi on that rotation yeah. in that rotation so and they got some hitters talk to marcus Simeon. we're talking uh nathaniel Lowe. we're talking Corey seager so yeah adolis garcia they got some hitters so that should be a very uh fun series so we're going to talk we're going to break down the uh, season um looking at you know the latest news you know reese hoskins going down who could replace him uh, talking about the starting rotation, which they did upgrade in the off season. One of the guys that me and Harrison actually was talking about in the off season actually came true. Pretty good at this thing. Uh, talk about the rotation, talk about the bullpen a little bit, talk about Bryce Harper and um, what's the expectation for him when he comes back. And then at the end, we'll give our bowl predictions uh, for this season. We'll see how bold we can get it. Cause I mean, I've seen some bold predictions on Twitter, which we'll talk about later in the show hopefully our predictions aren't that bold but uh we'll see as always make sure you are following us on twitter at total sports live uh make sure you're checking out the uh make sure you're checking us out at totalsportslive.com as well um and also always make sure you're checking out the podcast checking it out on spot on spotify google podcast apple podcast spotify by on anchor and i think that's what it's called spotify on anchor i think so right <laughs> Yeah, you're checking it out on there. Um, we're probably going to put this on Amazon Music, too. So yeah, we got an email about that. So it'll be on there, too. And there may be one more other place that we'll have the uh, podcast on. I'm working through the logistics um, on that end. So make sure you're checking the podcast out on all your streaming platforms. And also make sure you're checking out the video edition of this podcast on Harrison's YouTube page, 
Harry Brown Russo, Harrison Brown Russo. I can take your Twitter handle, but Harrison Brown Russo. <laughs> hey man, it's all there, right? On you on YouTube, the YouTube page is booming right now. He's got a, a new video out posted, uh, talking about the best sleep uh, small school uh, prospects in this year's draft class. Actually, uh, one of the players actually liked the tweet apparently um, of your video. So that joint's already booming. I would not be surprised if that's one K view by the time we finish. You know recording this pod so make sure you check it out on all the draft content they've been putting out on his channel if you need if you need everything you need to know it's right there on his youtube page make sure you like the video make sure you hit that subscribe button as well so harrison let's talk about it the phillies back at it again a fun playoff run shortened off season made some moves a lot of expectation a lot of optimism coming to year, especially with the way trey turner has been was playing in wbc you know, Schwarber hitting a couple of Schwarber bombs um, in WBC, even though Mike Trout couldn't hold the pivot into the bargain here and there. there. Or Pete Alonzo. <laughs> no shade. However, um, we did have some sad news, you know, report about the Phillies coming in, coming like really training uh, with the spring training, almost coming to an end uh, with Reese Hoskins suffering a torn ACL last week in uh, – in spring training effectively ending his season literally on a routine on a routine defensive play you see him go down it was tough to watch i remember seeing the tweet i think it was on a thursday right i think it was on a thursday last week i think it was last thursday thursday or wednesday i still remember i saw the tweet and i was just like oh no i heard people saying like emt came out i'm just like oh crap like yeah what's going like what's going on then you see the play i'm just like Hate to see that, especially for someone like him who's been with this organization for years, started with the organization, worked his way up, and obviously came into the year as a potentially, you know, maybe playing his last year with the Phillies as he's a projected free agent next year. But he goes down, which means they have to find someone to step up for him. One option could be Derek Hall, who, you know, could be his replacement at first base, who really caught really you know made some headway made some noise last season uh with the phillies when bryce harper went down he was kind of that dh spark plug they needed in the middle of the batting order uh so there's a there's, there's a lot to digest about this hoskins news harrison like who do you think like uh, let's like how do you think Derek hall will you know be at first base and who do you think that needs to step up you know not even just for first base purposes but just kind of you know, picking up that offensive production because you're already going to be missing um, Bryce Harper for a short period of time. But now you're missing another big bet in Reese Hoskins, which is, you know, even though we people get on him for his defensive miscues and things of that nature, and he'll have like a strikeout at the worst possible time, or he'll have like a streak of going 0 for 12, but then he'll come back with like a, a, a streak of like 12 for 20, like for 5 for 20 with like, three bombs in like a five game span or three game span. What, what, what do you just think about this entire, you know, situation? Well, you start, it's unfortunate for Reese. Like you mentioned, a guy who's been here in Philly for so long. And then also from the baseball side of it, entering that contract year, looking to capitalize on a great postseason run, a run where he had a lot of buzz. Obviously the bat slam really cemented it in Philly's, you know, history. That'll always be something people talk about. So, it's disappointing on that and you know, looking forward to seeing him capitalize on that run. And like you mentioned, already having Harper out, there is a strain on the lineup now, one through nine, top to bottom, the bench as well. 
you know, there's going to be some guys who have to step up. I think like we were talking about, Derek Hall is obviously the mm-hmm. first guy in line to start at first base. Been with the organization since 2016, 27 years old, entering that 28-year-old season. He was ready for the big leagues anyway. He was ready for more big league opportunities after what he did last year. Nine home runs, 16 RBIs, a 250 batting average. I think he was right on that bubble of making the roster anyway. Obviously, it's an unfortunate situation for him to get this opportunity. But nonetheless, it is an opportunity for Derek Hall to really prove he's a consistent big league player and can be an everyday first baseman. I think he has that upside, Mm -hmm. especially in the bat. Maybe there will be some struggles against left-handed pitching early on, kind of to be expected with him being a left-handed bat. Maybe it winds up being Bohm spending a little bit of time at first base to kind of supplement Hall because Hall's obviously not going to start every game. That's kind of unrealistic. So maybe Bohm goes over to first. Schwarber has played a little bit of first, 11 games in his career, mostly with Boston. And then you've got Real Muto. Uh, JT Real Muto has also made some starts at first. So I think it's really Hall's. Hall's is going to take the bulk of the workload, and then those guys will kind of supplement him from there. No, I agree with you. Hall, obviously, it's his job to lose right now before they explore any other option. Like you said, maybe it's a bone or Real Muto, but that's likely an off-day spot. And right. obviously, for Real Muto to be at first, they would have to have one of their have a backup catcher to be ready to go. And right now, they're a little light at that with uh with Marshawn and like we talked about before the show, Marshawn and um. Stubbs both being a little bit banged up right now at the moment, but like you said, this is Hall's job to 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 take over and kind of run with it. And we saw, you know, last season you coming up, you know, with the organization, kind of was on one of those runs where it was just he was just lightening the bottle. Everything he yep. hit, it was just he was hitting it hard. He was driving the ball, but either you know going over the wall or it was going for like a double. Right, everything was just hitting. He was just making solid contact you know just he gets his arms extended and if he sees that ball over the middle of the plate he's just crushing it and he's had monster home runs and last season we're talking he slashed 252 82 and 5 22 with nine home runs 16 rbis a lot of people had some issues with the 44 strikeouts but it, again in 136 at bats 41 games it's not great but again First year playing Major League Baseball consistently. Guys don't get a real guys. Pitchers don't really know you, but once they start to see you a little bit more, they can start to pick up on certain things and kind of exploit those matchups. And he struggled against left-handers, as we talked about. He struggled against them. I think he was, what, point? I mean, point zero eight seven against left-handers, so it wasn't good. But again, like you said, he's lefty, so I mean. Right. The ball is going to come out in a different way. It's going to look differently coming across the plate, but it is his job uh, to lose. And and stat that you pointed out before the show, which I thought was very important, was his stats at Lehigh Valley last season, which kind of led to him getting that move up to the big league club last year. He hit 20 home runs, 88 RBIs, 254, 330, 528. I think you see those numbers, and I think how many games were that with Lehigh Valley? In 2022, that, that had to be over 100, right? I feel like it might be because he did go back to. Yeah, about to say he did go back to the minors after, uh, after I think Harper came back. I think he went yeah. back up the Lehigh Valley. So, 100 games, 20 home runs, 88 RBIs, 254. If you're a Phillies fan, and we could play hypotheticals here, if he's if he plays 100 games right this season, we're thinking hypothetically we'll go 100 games. 
and he gives you, I'm not going to say he's going to give you 28, right? But if he could give you 20 home runs and maybe 75 RBIs, would you be okay with that? Batting maybe 250 to 260. I am okay with that. I was literally thinking as long as it's in that 250 range and anything 25 plus is a really good season. Like you said, maybe 28's a little hefty, but Hey man, a 25 home run season from Derek Hall this year. Like you said, last year, only 40 games, his first time hitting major league pitching in his career. I think it was a good way for him to get his feet wet, especially with the Phillies going on to have that great run. You know what I mean? He was a part of it. He was a part of the big league team that year. Now this year, take that step, be a full-time big league guy. The opportunity is there to be a full-time first baseman. I mean, with a couple rest days here and there, but the job is Derek Hall's to lose for sure. So this is a big year for Derek Hall, obviously, with this opportunity. It is. And when we talk about first base, but just talking about Hoskins, right, the Phillies are going to be missing a guy in Hoskins who hit and pulling up his numbers right now. A guy who hit 246 last season with 30 home runs, 79 RBIs. Again, wasn't a great batting average, but over his career, Reese Hoskins has kind of been a 240-ish hitter over his career. So 240, 242 over his career, 242 over his career. And this kind of been trending that way for a lot, for a long time, but still 20, 30 home runs last season. He's a power guy. That's what he is. Even if he's hitting 240, if he's hitting those 30 home runs, that's what you're looking for. And and we were talking before the show, probably seems like, you know, after this season, he'll get a one-year deal to return to the Phillies, maybe somewhere 10 million plus. I, I think that would be right. fair. Yeah, I would think so. Unless, right, unless Derek Hall really ascends and just right. takes off. Takes the job, and, yeah. And like, yeah, and like and you said, takes the job. But then, like you said, you could even bring Hoskins back and he becomes your permanent DH, too. DH, yep, that's where that DH spot comes in really handy. And I think Derek Hall could do that. And then he'd be entering 28, 29 years old. You know, that's at least three or four years, you know, entering his 30s where he could be the Phillies' first baseman comfortable. Right. Exactly, until, you know, De La Cruz, if he continues to make his upward trend, take over right. and get up to the major league club. But we're like a couple years down the road. You never know. You know, they, they could do right. so many different things between now and then. You know, it's especially at first base. You you do have some flexibility. Definitely have some flexibility. And, you know, talking about Hoskins, like you said, career 242, 246 last season with 30 home runs, 79 RBI. That's a lot of production that this team is going to be mm-hmm. missing. In that right. lineup, in addition to what you're missing from Bryce Harper, so who 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 does who does this team need to step up to to kind of replace those numbers? I think we all kind of know the answer who needs to step up, but don't want to put pressure on them. But I gotta think Nick Castellanos has to be the guy to kind of step in and pick up that production that they lost that they're losing, you know, with uh, Reese Hoskins. This is an important season for Castellanos before the injury. I mean, the Phillies had a lot of success. Castellanos was a part of it, but he really didn't get going like he did in Cincinnati. And even back in his days in Detroit, like the Phillies were really hoping he would to complement the lineup. And I think that's a big part of the reason they went out and got Trey Turner this year. Now, with that said, Trey Turner really does a lot for the lineup at post Hoskins as well. Gives the lineup so much versatility. Schwarber doesn't have to lead off anymore. It can be Trey Turner. Turner can really hit one through four. So if guys are taking off days, if there's another injury through the year, Turner gives you a lot of versatility. 
I think he'll be a big part of it. But like you said, Castellanos is going to be a really important part of the, this lineup this season. If he can get some of the power back that he had in Cincinnati, because he has such a natural swing. When, when he's on, when he's seeing the ball well, that swing produces mm-hmm. power. That swing produces RBI doubles all day. So Castellanos, I'm a fan of Castellanos. I think that he's a good piece for the Phillies. I think that he will get his back going this year. Like I mentioned, that swing is such a smooth, smooth swing. Um, I, I think Castellanos, especially in the time that Harper's out, is going to be important. And he'll get some DH days this year. Him and Schwarber will kind of split the time at DH uh, Well, early when Harper comes back. He'll obviously take over at DH. But at least the first month or two, Castellanos and Schwarber will kind of split time at DH. And I think that could help Castellanos as well at the plate. Yeah, it definitely should, even though he was surprisingly well playing defense last season in the playoffs. It wasn't the best in the playoffs, but he made he made some he made some he stepped up in the playoffs and made some made some nice catches in in the regular season. Saving. There were some tough yeah. days. Regular season there were some yeah. tough days. Even in the postseason, there were some tough a lot of tough games where he wasn't seeing the right. ball and you were just like, stop swinging at the first pitch. It just <laughs> kind of played at that part. But listen. I listen, I need Nick to just come in. Like you said, imagine since Cincinnati days, you know, Taylor up tighten up the jersey, you know, felt like the jersey was a little bit droopy on him last season. It wasn't like he was in Cincinnati where it was looking tight and you know, he was just locked in, chain swinging, everything like that. <laughs> that's the cast that's the Castellanos that they need to see. And if you're a Phillies fan, if you can get the Castellanos that hit 31, 34 home runs and hundred R- had a hundred RBIs. And batted right. bat three oh nine in his uh in his last season in Cincinnati. You'll take it. Shoot, I would even go to say that if you get the Castellanos that played in twenty set that played in twenty eighteen with the with the Detroit Tigers, where he had twenty three home runs, 80, 89 RBIs, and batted two ninety eight. You'll take that type of production. No Anything yeah, better than last seat, right? Anything better than what it was last season, where he only had thirteen home runs, sixty two RBIs. And only bad at 263. 263 is actually not a problem. That's actually not the problem. Yeah. The problem was the power wasn't there that we saw the previous season in a hitter-friendly park. I would say that's more hitter-friendly than Great American Ballpark out in Cincinnati. It's going to be a really important season for him. They signed him to a three-year deal, four-year deal with an out after the third, four, I believe. I think, I think so. Okay. I so it's an important so. year. It could be, you know, if he struggles again this year, it could be someone at the winter meetings next year who's potentially getting shopped. Yeah, yeah. The earliest, the earliest he can be a free agent is twenty twenty seven. So twenty million, twenty million, twenty million. Next, you know, next, uh, next. Still under control for a while. Yeah, Yeah, still still under control control for a while. But they would be really nice if he could get going. Right. Yeah, you want to be in a spot where he gets going because you want to be like. Two three years in the in the, in the contract, right. you think, and oh man, we might gotta move him for something just because he's yep. just not working out. But big things for Cassiano's I think this year, if he can get started opening week, start to hit the ball. Obviously, he didn't hit the ball well in spring training. What it was two twenty four with three home runs, ten RBIs, fifteen strikeouts. You don't like to see fifteen strikeouts, but again, spring training guys are trying stuff. You're not really seeing. Right. The same pitchers. Pitchers are trying things. So you're not really game planning for those guys in spring training. You're working on things. He started last year with a home run versus the A's. I believe it was yes, opening day, too. Yeah, I believe it was yes, formally opening day. So 
that that could be an encouraging sign for how he could start the year this year against Jacob DeGrom and the Rangers or maybe the Yankees the next weekend. Will he hit a home run off a of, of Jacob? Yeah, right. Maybe I shouldn't have said DeGrom. Maybe let's go Avaldi or Avaldi. I can see. I can yeah. see. Against DeGrom, he's right. Uh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> and against DeGrom, he has four strikeouts. I mean, okay. I, uh, it's all right. It's all right. How about the fact the Phillies get DeGrom to start the season after uh, facing him in New York for all these years? How about that? It's funny. It's funny. It's funny how that how that you know plays out, right? That you did get to see Jacob DeGrom, who was kind of like a thorn in their side last year. Not so much Max Scherzer because they actually, I feel like they actually figured out Max Scherzer, Mm -hmm. and they didn't really figure out. Jacob DeGrom, who's kind of been a thorn on their side. But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of funny how that yeah how that you know played out plays out for them that they do get to see Jacob DeGrom to start the season. They'll see Ovaldi um in Sunday. They actually have the Sunday night game. Sunday night oh, game nice. will be projected. We're talking Taiwan Walker and Perez. Apparently, this is how the schedule works out for opening week. Um Texas, obviously, that game will be on ESPN Plus. So, and a, and a defending chance are getting the getting the red carpet right now to open up the season. <laughs> they get the ESPN Plus treatment for those in the city that can't watch the game. Uh, that'll be Nola versus Degrom, and then they won't play that Friday for some odd reason, even though they play in the dome. They'll play that oh, wow. Saturday. Wheeler versus Avaldi, four oh five on Fox. So they get the Fox treatment to start. To start, and then. They get the Sunday night treatment, Taiwan Walker versus uh versus Nathan Avaldi. Then Monday, then Monday they fly from Texas to New York for three games set against the Yankees. Don't know who the projected pitcher will be for that one. Probably Falter. Yeah. Against probably. Cortez not listed here. And then Tuesday, they're back on TV again. National TV. They're getting the TBS treatment. Matt Strom versus yeah. Domingo Hermont. So a lot of national TV work for the Phillies. They can't disappoint. That that's that World Series treatment. You know, you're coming off the World Series <laughs> run. A lot of buzz, right? A lot of fans in Citizens Bank Park last year. So maybe hoping a lot of people will tune in while they're on the road. Hopefully, there's a lot mm-hmm. of Phillies buzz. How about Matt Strom to to back end that on the, on the TBS game? Probably about three innings of work, similar to what Tampa does a lot with their bullpen games. What do you think about that? I I mean. When you look at their rotation, you kind of have that affordability to do so, especially with the three guys that you have, right? You have um, Nola, you have Wheeler. You know those two guys are going to get it done. Even Falter, right? right. Falter, Falter, I think, you know, everybody thought, you know, they, they obviously left the spot open for whoever was going to take, you know, between – they kind of left that fifth spot open for competition. So you're talking about the Christopher Sanchez's. The falters, the Andrew Painter, who they probably really hoped, you know, took that next step, you know, last season. But I mean, this in the spring, but dealing with some just some injuries, not nothing yeah. to be too concerning. But again, he's 19 years old; he still has right. a long and career ahead of him. So enough to keep him out for the time being. Enough to yeah, enough to keep to him out for the, the time. Year. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and you would have got like Falter. I think you. With, I think, like I said, when you have those three guys there and then Falter, you know, going there, who actually pitched really well last season, 3.86 ERA last season, uh, 84 innings pitch, um, 
had 74 strikeouts, gave up 16 bombs, but you know, I'm not really gonna not gonna really crucify him uh for that. And then what you look at him, what he did, you know, in the second half of the season, he had a 3.38 ERA last season, 11 games when they really need him down the stretch, really picked up the really picked it up for him. So when you have those three guys, you have um falter i think they'll i think they're okay with going with strom right you you don't have no other option really you don't have nobody right. in the minors that you can bring up at this point in the time that you want to stretch i think probably this early in the season strom hasn't started taking a while i think i read look somewhere like 2018 2019 it's been a minute but i think i read somewhere i don't know i could be wrong that he could that i think they have like 65 to 70 pitches max on strom before game for for the first game of season which is yeah not terrible especially because he probably knows going into it like i'm actually going to start this game so yeah against the team of the yankees that he's seen a lot in his career that could right. actually bode well for him as well too so i think like you said like you said a three inning guy if you get three shoot if you can get four i think you'll be you'll be four you'll be would okay be great Right, like right. Four is almost like, wow, great job. Like, you know, and then the fifth inning, I think you move on to the bullpen. That's kind of what I would expect going into it. Um, but ultimately, you know, Ranger Suarez coming back and then Bailey Falter being the five. I think that's really the more ideal scenario. Strom goes to the bullpen long term. And then hopefully Bailey mm-hmm. Falter, like you were saying, hopefully Bailey Falter can really take a step this year. It feels like we've seen some flashes. We've seen some moments where it really feels like Bailey Falter could contribute to the Phillies rotation. Hopefully this is the year similar to Derek Hall. Bailey Falter has a big opportunity this year. Oh, I agree. I, I, I think, I, I think, I think, I think he does too. I think he can really, you know, I think, I think, I think, I think he can, I think he can do some things. Um, and like we said, he three, three, 3.86 ERA is not great. But again, we're talking about someone who's potentially a fifth starter. I think he'll take that. He'll take right. that type of ERA. And you look, had how he pitched, especially down the stretch, where in eleven starts he had a three three eight ERA. Like he stepped up for him in moments where they really need him, especially in that month of September. He was one of the unsung heroes for them. You know, taking the ball in that double header down in DC where they needed that game to kind of keep them in position. He really pitched well in the second half. So, like you said, if he can carry that over, obviously in the postseason he only pitched. In one game, it was against the Padres game four. Um, g- gave up four earned runs. Wasn't really nothing great. Phillies won that game, though, I think. Yeah, so as a result, 10-6, to six, they did win that game. But his first postseason start. But, like you said, if he, if he builds off of what he did in the in the play, in the, from the from the regular season, he could be okay. And in the spring training, He's been solid in spring training, two seven six ERA in five in five starts, 16, 16 in the third innings pitch, fourteen strikeouts, gave up three home runs, eighteen hits, um, K per nine seven point seven, which isn't which isn't horrible. Hits per nine, um, nine point nine again, not horrible, but two point seven six again. If you get anything. If you get 2.76 or a fifth starter, you're in great shape. But even if you get anything under four, I think you should be okay. So, yeah, I think the bull – I think – I'm about to say the bullpen. I think the start rotation will be fine. So, where they won't be taxing their bullpen a lot like they probably had to piecemeal a little bit together, you know, last season. Yeah, the bullpen in the past has certainly been a, a main stressing point, a main position that the Phillies need to upgrade. This year, it feels like it could be a strength for them. Maybe not a strength, but at least – 
not a huge weakness. It, it feels like they've improved enough. Getting Soto from the Tigers was really an underrated low-key move. That's a two-time Very all-star underrated. that they yeah. went and picked up. Obviously, Craig Kimbrell is a much bigger name, You know, someone that a lot more people are familiar with. It's a nice pickup as well. And then how about the guys from the Giants? Junior Marte and then Andrew Vasquez, two guys who snuck yeah, on to the Mar- opening game Mar- roster. And, Marte, and, Mar- and Marte's been kind of – I've read that he was, he's was he been lighting it up in spring training. I think he what those 99. I believe so. People are big fans of uh, Marte. Yeah, I got 98-mile-an-hour fastball here, 97-mile-an-hour sink, and an 86-mile-an-hour slider. Has a nice slider to go with it. A guy who had a lot of buzz down in Clearwater. Sounds like a lot of people in the Phillies – are a big fan of him. So, um, and then Vasquez is a big six foot six left hander as well. Big tall mm-hmm. lefty, always nice to have in the bullpen. Um, you know, can never get enough quality innings out of left handers and had a pretty good spring 14 K's and in 10 innings pitched. Some upside there to say the least. Yeah, you got to love it. And obviously, they still have Sir Anthony Dominguez and you still have Jose Alvarado, who a lot of people remember him giving up that bomb to, to Jordan. But for the most part, he was really good last year. So you have all those pitchers, and it was and it brought up a good question that you had um before the show. And you, we were talking about it. What do they do at closer, right? Because right. they have so many great options. They can they can obviously go with one guy, but then you can also kind of play with matchups and go with the hot hand and who have the better matchups because you have the guy that can do it, right? You have Sir Anthony, you got Alvarado, you got Kimball, you got you know Soto. You know, even those four guys, and yeah, and even Strom, those five guys all probably have saved clothing experience. Right, you can really just play roulette and just throw any amount out there when you have a matchup or whatever how the game dictates. Play the matchup, like you said, closer by committee. I think Dominguez and Alvarado probably lead the way, but Kremlin has a bunch of save experience. Obviously, you know, well-known guy from his time with the Braves and the Cubs. And then Soto as well. And like I mentioned, when Strom is out of the rotation, out of his kind of three-inning starts, he's another guy who can come in and close games. So I like that. And it seems like that's what Rob Thompson kind of leans towards anyway, is going closer by committee, rolling with the hot hand a little bit, rolling with the matchup, and approaching it that way, which I actually kind of like. I think it's a little bit less traditional, but but it might be a little more practical. I mean, it it reminds me of how in football, right, where they do running back by committee, you go with the hot hand, you don't really have that set guy. Like I say, he's doing the same thing. And, yeah, while it might be unconventional, I mean, who knew that the Tampa Bay Rays, like, two, three years right. ago, was gonna make an op- we're, we're, we're going to make openers of things where now everybody's doing it. They're like, yep. oh, everybody thought it was crazy. Like, the Ra- Rays are starting reliever? Like, what is this? Like, they're starting Jeremy Spriggs, who I think Spriggs was a reliever at first. Now he's called on and actually been, like, a solid starter. But when they started doing it, everybody was looking like, what is going on here? Why is there a start? Why are there relievers starting the game? But they found a way to where it was like, this actually works. You can start a reliever and get quality stuff out of them. So if Rob Thompson, like you said, he had success with it last year, right? Obviously, he leaned on Dominguez and Alvarado a lot down the stretch, especially in the playoffs in September. Right. But now he has, like you said, more chess pieces to mess around with where you could throw a guy in like Kimbrell who's looking to bounce back after a rough last year or a Soto who we knew, you know, was excellent last season for Detroit. But now he comes into a spot, no disrespect to the Tigers, comes to a spot where he's on a contending team, you hope, and will be in, you know, pressure moments to get things done. So they're in a good spot overall. Like you said, bullpen, you can't – you if, if you're a Phillies fan, you can't be disappointed at obviously getting Trey Turner 
you know, to add to the lineup, adding the Taiwan Walker to the um to the rotation to give you a solid number three, number four when Suarez comes with Suarez come back, and then you upgrade the bullpen and get you know some more pieces to go to the back end to give you that arsenal to kind of you know keep you keep you replenished. Probably was a perfect offseason for the Phillies for as for as short as it was. They made the moves necessary that they needed to make. I think they improved the team. I think the biggest losses are two injuries is the fact that Bryce Harper is yeah. not going to start the year. And now that Reese Hoskins is out for the year, Hoskins, I think right. compared to the Eagles who are coming off a Super Bowl run as well, they're losing a lot of free agents. The Phillies are returning a lot of their guys and then also went out and added the likes of, like you said, Trey Turner, Soto, Taiwan Walker. So I think in a way they improved their team. Obviously, Baseball is a funny sport, you know, on paper, you know, sounds great until things go out. And we even saw it last year. The Phillies struggled through June, fired Joe Girardi, backed into the playoffs, wouldn't have made the playoffs in every other MLB season in history. Right. Got that third wild card <laughs> spot. Right. It wound up in the World Series. So baseball is a funny sport. You know, we always see teams hit their stride late. The Nationals a few years back kind of reminds yeah. me of that. So, you know, let's see what the Phillies can do. Let's see what they can kind of put together in these early months and, and go from there. Most definitely. This is a Total Sports Live podcast here on Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast. I'm about to say Anchor, but I can't say it. <laughs> it hurts my heart. Right. This is Jovan and Harrison breaking down those Philadelphia Phillies. You know, we mentioned him and, you know, just now, but Bryce Harper, I think that's the biggest question mark, right? When will he – of return to the field. Um, he wasn't placed on a 60-day injured, injured list, which is a good sign. That means there's a chance that we could see uh, see Harper sometime uh, this season, and he can come back technically before May 29th, but that might be wishful thinking if you're a Phillies fan, he comes back before that date. But what do we think, you know, what should fans think? What should be their real realistic expectations for him, you know, coming off of Tommy John surgery and, you know, probably won't be playing a lot of Phil, probably going back to DH role, which which I think he thrived in last season and had an incredible postseason run where he really showed everybody, I think, in the baseball world that he is still him and that he still is that guy. You know, everybody talks about the judges and, you know, the Altuve's and Otani's and the Mike Trout's and everybody else. And Bryce Harper kind of reminded the whole sports world, like, hey, I can still do this. I'm not, you know, just the guy that puts some numbers. Like, I actually make plays in the postseason and, you know, hit game winning home runs when the moment, when the moment's the brightest. So, what should fans, when he does return to the starting lineup, to the batting order, I mean, what do you think fans, what should be fans' realistic expectations for him, you know, coming up this season? Well, first of all, let's go patience. I mean, like I was just saying, the early months of baseball, I mean, obviously every game is important. Every game matters. The game comes down to a season. But like I said last year, man, the Phillies fired their manager in June. Do not panic. Do not not panic in April and May, which we already know which will happen. Of course. Phillies Phillies Twitter will panic when, like, some wild stuff happens, like a game is blowing in a knife into the world. Then you remind yourself, oh, it's only game nine. There's still yeah, 150, exactly. 150 something games left. Even when it's game 99, you're not out of it. You know, you've got a lot of time left, even at that point. So I think that's going to be the first thing. And I think, honestly, even if Harper, we mentioned it, he's not on the 60 day IL, which is an encouraging sign. Likely, I mean, the earliest time is mid May. It feels like there's, right. I don't think there's any way he comes back in April. Even early May seems no. 
way out of the, the realm of possibility. And honestly, if he has to sit past May 29th, I don't think that's the worst thing either. I think it gives some other guys opportunities to kind of get their feet wet, get a lot of at-bats early in the year. And then when they move to the bench, they move to those pinch hitting spots. They already have 100-plus at-bats in their arsenal. That's right. guys like Jake Cave, Edmundo Sosa, who will get some um, extended opportunities, especially with Hoskins going out. So I think that would be my thing, patience. I think Bryce can certainly still put together a nice, respectable season. And if after the All-Star break, Bryce is really hitting his stride, I don't think we'll be worried about the, the concerns in April and May. And when he came back, if it was June 15th as opposed to May 29th or even June 30th, you know, I, you know, Harper misses the All-Star game this year. Oh, well, you know, it, it's more so about what he's doing towards the end of the year, what he's doing in that September month as they're leading into the playoffs. Yeah, no, you're, you're right, right? And, and, and I'm glad you said it, right? It's, while it's optimistic that he's not on the 60-day yell, anything that fans expect him to come back in April or May, probably shouldn't look forward to that. Now, sometime in June, mid-June, yeah, I think definitely that's when you can start to see him, you know, come back. But like you said, it does open up the opportunity for other guys to get at bats and then kind of get comfortable and kind of know their role and kind of saying, like, all right, you're going to get a start. Like like you said, we're probably going to see a lot of Sosa this year. Uh, maybe we'll see some Dalton Guffrey who made, yeah. who made the team and was on the roster last year. And then, like you said, a guy like Jake Cave, who kind of – was one of the one was one of the highlights of you know spring training and a guy who's a who's a career two thirty five hitter he was he he was Barry Bonds in the uh, in, <laughs> in spring in spring to in spring training hitting four forty with three home runs and fourteen RBIs had two stolen bases had sixteen strikeouts which is not encouraging but he had four doubles and three triples like this man was untouchable in, in spring training. So, but you have things like that happen. You have guys like that who are looking for an opportunity or, you know, probably will want this opportunity for them. It could work out. And then, like we said earlier, you know, with with Hoskins, this is a chance, an opportunity for, you know, a Nick Castellanos to really step up as well and kind of, you know, bridge that gap, you know, bring that power that they're missing from, from Harper or that guy that, you know, getting extra base hits, right? For Trey Turner, a guy that can probably feast on extra base hits. And we've already seen what he what he did we already saw what he did what he did in the WBC and I mean he hasn't stopped he hasn't stopped that with how he's hitting in uh how he's hitting in spring trade I think he hit another spring training home run yeah. after recording his podcast he hit another one so he's locked in right now he's he's at a different level of locked in which is like kind of scary to think about because he's not a really a power guy but he's like absolutely mashing you know, you're my betting guy. If I'm if I'm ever thinking about any type of bet, I'm running it by you first. Trey Turner, home run, one of these first few games. He's hitting the ball really well right now. I feel like every time he every time he steps up the plate, he could hit it out. I mean, honestly, you get you gotta look at it. Maybe not against a Jacob DeGrom, we might right, not okay. do it, but but if we're talking Nathan Ovaldi or even Martin Perez, I know Perez was good last year. I think we gotta look at it because like you said, he's been scorching hot and even in the obviously he's hit some monster home runs during training but in the wbc i mean right the dude was hitting bombs we're talking about a grand slam <laughs> you know he's just the ball is just lifting off of his bat like it's not wasting no time getting out of the park and this is a guy who at most has hit 28 home runs well that was in total between Washington and the Dodgers, but at most 21 home runs last season with the Dodgers. We're talking about he's going to a park in Citizen Bank Park where 
he could, and this is probably a bold prediction. I know I've seen some people say he could have 40 home runs at 40 stolen bases, which I think is ridiculous to say that. But I could see a 30 home run season from Trey Turner in this I was going to ask you, 30 for 30? 30 or 30 30 club 30 for 30 that's espn 30, I, can 30 club? <laughs> I can see it i can see it i can see it i think that's a bold prediction but i think i can see it because the they're bases going are to bigger need, this year too they're going they're going to need it they're they're going to need it they're going to need him to kind of set the plate and for them they actually have a a leadoff hitter no disrespect to kyle schwarber who did really good at that spot but now you put a guy in Turner that knows how to set the table. And I think that's only going to mean, you know, good things, you know, for this team, you know, going forward. I think that's a good way to describe it. Turner knows how to set the table. Turner can really set things up, get on base. Where Schwarber was mm-hmm. that lightning in the bottle guy at that leadoff right. spot. You're hoping to go up one nothing on the first pitch when Schwarber's your leadoff guy. Turner is which he, which, he more... which he did, which he which he, he did, did sometimes. I mean he did. He set this home, he set the tone that one World Series game where he crushed the pitch. I mean. He crushed that bomb in uh, against uh, you Darvish in the in the playoff game. Just actually was like what 480, 450, just yeah, crushed out it. of that going in. Then he took Darvish, you know, deep again in the WBC kind of right. got number right now. But yeah, you're right about Schwarber. He's kind of the guy where you're just hoping that he gets on base. You're not really looking for him to like take pitches and kind of work the count. You're right. looking for him lock in on your pitch and like drive the ball out of the park. Definitely. So I think that will kind of help the Phillies line up overall, especially like we've been saying, it's kind of the theme of the show with Harper and Hoskins out. That's guys who are going to be in your mm-hmm. top four. You know, Trey Turner being your leadoff guy, I think makes it a more well-rounded start of the lineup. It definitely does. And before we wrap up the podcast, we do got to do our bold predictions. That's one thing we were not going to forget on the podcast. Got to do our bold predictions for this season. What do we think? Like I said, some people think Trey Turner I've seen on the timeline thinking he'll go 40 for 40. I don't know about that. But like we just mentioned, 30 for 30 is definitely possible. Not 30 for 30. Jeez, at least 30. And we're 30. all that's my fault. That's right. my fault. We're all off now. Yeah, it's on me. 30 for 30. 30 30-30 is definitely a possibility with the way he's been hitting right now. He plays, he's gonna be playing in a hitter-friendly park. So I think that's possible. Any other bold predictions you think that could be happening? that any bold predictions that you like? Uh, for the Phillies this season, Harrison. How about this? I think the Phillies will be more aggressive than usual at the deadline. I think we've heard about Dave Dombrowski being aggressive at the deadline. We've seen some flashes of it. Last year, they go out and get Brandon Marsh, Noah Syndergaard, Sosa. I think this is the year where they really go and make an aggressive move. Maybe it's another starter. Bailey Falter doesn't work out. Maybe it's an additional piece of the bullpen. Maybe it's a solidified guy at closer. I think the closer by committee conversation we just had all stands, but if you have a legit locked-in closer who's that guy who every night you know what you're going to get, you have to at least consider that. So I think that's going to be my bold prediction. I don't think it'll be a first baseman, but hypothetically, if Derek Hall, either, you know, whatever happened with Derek Hall, if it didn't really work out, maybe it's a first mm-hmm. baseman. But I think in general this year, the Phillies will be more aggressive at the deadline. I like it. I like it. For me, uh, my bold prediction, uh, I got a couple. I got two. Uh, my bold prediction: I think Derek Hall hits 25 home runs this season. Hey now, I'm gonna, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going there. I know, I know, people probably don't want to hear that, but I mean, if he's hitting 25 home runs in the e, then the, I'll say the Eagles, the Phillies will be in excellent shape and won't have to make those aggressive moves at the deadline. But right. again, when Harper does come back, you could move into DH, could do a lot of things. But if he brings that power and starts to turn around and hit left-handers good, that can only mean good things. 
uh, for him. So I'm going to go with uh, going to go with Derek Hall, 25 home runs, and then for pitching, we're going to go pitching here. We're going to go pitching. This might this I don't know if this is going to be bold, but I think it's I I, I think I, I think I think it's going to happen. I I'm I'm I don't think it's a I don't think it's bold because he's been really good in the last couple of years with with Philly. I think Zach I think Zach Willer wins the NL Cy Young this year. Wow, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I know that. What I know are the that's betting odds on bold. that? I know that's a um yeah, that's going to be hard to pull up right away. But I'm intrigued to see what the betting odds are on that. Who are some of the the guys that we would think would be NL Cy Young? Maybe a, a Scherzer type, Verlander with the Mets. Good question. Let's see here. Uh, let me see. 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 MLB futures on Fanduel. Uh, NL Cy Young top top five. You have Sandy Alcantara at plus five hundred. Yeah. Corbin Burns at plus six hundred. Justin Verlander plus seven hundred. Max Scherzer at plus eight hundred. Spencer Strider at plus t- plus a thousand, Zach Gallen at plus eleven hundred, Zach Wheeler plus okay. eighteen hundred, plus eighteen hundred. Aaron, Aaron Nola is at plus thirteen hundred, so Nola has higher odds. But I think if Zach Wheeler, obviously he was dealing with some 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 injuries. I don't want to call it injuries. I think he was just tired last season, but he still was really good. Twelve. 12 and 7, 282 ERA coming off of last season where he had 278 and finished second in Cy Young the year before that, his first year in Philly, which was the COVID year, 292. The man had been pitching under three. It's time with the Phillies. Like he's in his prime. I think we're getting the prime pitching of Zach Willer, a guy that can rack up strikeouts and rack up innings. Obviously, he took a step back with 153, but the year that he did finish second. In Cy Young voting, had 247 strikeouts, which led the league in 213 innings pitch. So I think this could be the year that maybe Zach Wheeler takes that step and uh and wins the Cy Young. I think if he gets the 200 inning pitch and he can rack up the strikeouts, which we know he's capable of doing because we saw in the postseason what he was able to do. He was downright, you know, dominant. We're talking about NLCS against the Padres. 16 strikeouts even against the Astros he had eight strikeouts and you can make the case that in that last game he probably could have stayed in longer and won it and we saw that he wanted to stay in longer and wanted that opportunity so I think just knowing how last season ended for him I think he's going to use it for motivation and come out and really establish himself again as one of the top pitchers in the game so going to Zach Willard to win NL Cy Young I like it man especially from a betting perspective with those odds I think that's a very good play coming off, like you said, a tough end of the season, a lot of momentum. And, you know, I, I look back to when they signed him. I, I'll be open and honest here. I was not the biggest fan of the deal. I, I, re- like I remember. I remember. Of course, I remember. Right? I'm sure Nick would, too. Me and Nick had multiple shows where I was like, listen, Wheeler's a good pitcher. He's a good two or three guy. But ah, the type of money that gave him ace money, right. he's exceeded expectations. He's really elevated his game in Philly compared to where he was with the Mets where he was a top prospect. He was a guy who everybody kind of thought was going to be a big part of the Mets' future. And then Harvey overtakes him. Syndergaard overtakes him. It's kind of like, well, what's going on with Wheeler? Man, has he found it in Philly. So great to and see look, that. And, and, look, like- and, look at those, and look at those two guys that you just mentioned. Crazy how it plays out. <laughs> and how their Crazy careers have kind of gone up and down. That's baseball, man. Kind of, Syndergaard's kind of refound himself, but Harvey's kind of been on the 
down and yeah. down. That's baseball, man. It's a funny sport. You know, nobody is ever, you know, completely out, you know, until the day they retire and give up. Anybody can find a late spark in baseball or, or find their momentum. So I like to play Wheeler for Cy Young, especially with those odds, you know, 1800. I like to play. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I didn't want to go Alec Baum, you know, to hit 20 homers because I've heard people saying 2025, which I think, yeah, I think Baum, what he's been him. hitting, I think he's good. I think he's going to have a big year. Like you said, he's going to have a good year. But Derek Hall, I think this is going to be the year of the Hall, long ball Hall. I think he's going to, I think he's going to do it. Twenty five is exactly where we said too, like that. Twenty five plus, it's a really good season from Hall, so that that would determine it. I think I think he'll do it. So that's going to wrap up this edition of the Total Sports Live podcast. Obviously, we will revisit these, <laughs> revisit yeah. uh, these things mid mid season. Obviously, we'll have more Phillies podcasts in between them, but we will revisit that mid season. To see where we're at. Hopefully, hopefully we're looking pretty good on those and not looking like, oh God, this team's like six, 10, 12 games out of first place. Yeah, and right. Like, hopefully geez. aggressive at the deadline in the good way. Hopefully they're not selling right. off pieces and selling yeah. off, selling off pieces and blowing right. it all up. I don't think they will. I think they'll be all they'll be all right. I think so too. They'll be good. They'll be good. But Again, thanks for everybody for tuning in to another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast. As always, again, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Total Sports Live. Follow me on Twitter at Jovan Tenfile. Harrison and Harry Brown Russo, if you're watching the video, obviously you can see it scrolling right down on the on the beautiful screen right there, right there for you if you want to follow us on Twitter. Again, make sure you're make sure you're checking out the podcast, downloading, subscribing, and listening on your platforms, you know, at Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, all the streaming platforms we can get it from. Obviously, Apple Music, we will be working to get that one there as well. And maybe some one other place that we're working on getting it, getting the show listened to. If you know, if you listen to online radio, we're trying to get an opportunity there to put that on there. So we'll have more information about that uh soon. And uh make sure you check out the website, Total Sports Live. Uh, dot com and make sure you subscribe to Harrison's YouTube page if you haven't. If you missed this episode, you want to catch it again, it'll be there live and direct video video portion on there. Harrison Brown Russo, hit the subscribe button. He's almost to 500 subscribers. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, like the video, check out his other draft content that content he's been putting out. As we're only a month away from the draft, I know so 2023 draft season wrapping up shortly, but. Here at Total Sports Live, draft season never ends. We will be three sixty five to. We will be moving to. We will move into twenty twenty four. Right when twenty twenty three draft season, we're moving to Caleb Williams or Drake May. That's, hey, that's there, you, hey, there right. you go. That, that's going to be it. Yeah. Hey, how about the shift? That's how about Nick and the, Francisco over at the shift? If you you know enjoy baseball, yeah. maybe this far in the pod, hop on over to the shift. Check out their podcast. A lot of great stuff on the World Baseball Classic preview in this season. Two great guys. Definitely go check that podcast out as well. Oh yeah, definitely check out the shift uh, with those guys. They do, like you said, they do a great job. I think they do have a YouTube page, so make sure you're following yeah. them on YouTube. They on all the streaming platforms. Make sure you subscribe there. So yeah, make sure you do all those things. Keep on the lookout. We will be back next week doing another pod. Don't know what we're talking about. We'll probably be talking about what happened the first week uh, with the, with like the Phillies and probably getting you ready for the Sixers in the playoffs because the NBA regular season is wrapping up too. So we'll probably give you a little bit of everything in next week's show. We'll probably be going bouncing around the sports teams and obviously 
the um stars will be starting up soon too so yeah we got a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about so make sure you're subscribing some maybe we'll have some interviews too so make sure you're subscribing tuning in the podcast will be rolling out fast and furious so for me and harrison everyone have a good one we'll talk to you all very soon